This is Celebration Church, but it's more than just a building or a church. We have a calling to be a place where people can find a relationship with God instead of religion. A place where freedom is found and acceptance given, and every person can discover their purpose and experience the kind of fulfillment only God can give. Together we will raise, lead, and empower a generation to change the world. Here, Jesus is famous, and all the glory goes to God. This is celebration. This is our family. Welcome home. Good morning. Welcome to Celebration Church. Good to have you with us this morning. Let's all stand together as our campus joins us with us over in Stevens Point and people all over the world on the internet. Let's recite together the Apostles' Creed. This is our statement of faith. This is who we are and what we believe at Celebration Church. We believe in God, the Father Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who for us and for our salvation was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the fellowship of believers, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting Amen. You may be seated. Good to have you with us this morning. And again, good morning to our campus over in Stevens Point, who's also now open and joining with us. Our Appleton campus is still not allowed because they have been meeting in a school. We are working to fix that, and we are looking for a new place. So if you guys can pray with us, then we'll find the right place. Uh, we're checking that out right now. And we're very close to hiring a new campus pastor for our Appleton work We've been uh, interviewing these guys, and we're excited about it. it it's been quite the... Uh, I feel bad for these guys being interviewed. <laughs> We've run them through the ringer, man. The last step was talking with me. And, uh, and, and I didn't know what was going on anyway. But anyway, I'll leave it up to uh, others to <laughs> kind of make the final decision, I think. I mean, I always can have veto power, but I'm good with all these final three. Either three would be fine with me. So anyway, we're very close to that. So we'll continue our work in the Valley, but right now it's kind of on hold. But anyway, good to have our Stevens Point campus. By the way, uh, those of you over in Stevens Point, today is Pat Biggas' birthday. Uh, the Biggas have been a big part of our Celebration Church work in Stevens Point for nigh 20 years now. So anyway, they're wonderful people, faithful people. Give a big hand clap for Pat. Yes. So be sure to tell happy birthday to her. And if she's not socially distancing, give her a hug for me. Anyway. All right. Um, uh, we're we're going to pause real quick and take our offering. Uh, you can, those of you here can uh, use the envelopes in front of you. Although a great many people now are giving online. Now, those who do recurring giving, that's the best for everybody. It's easiest for you. You don't have to mess with it. And it's more consistent for the church. You can certainly sign up online. Those of you who are watching on our app or, or uh, website can go to uh, the Give button there and celebrationchurch.tv. By the way, there are a great number of people uh, who are watching online and are continuing to watch online 
uh, during this COVID pandemic thing. Uh, we've had hundreds of people here now, but still the majority are at home. We have, we look at the numbers every Sunday, it's about a thousand people watching online, which if you figure there's at least two to four people in each household, that's anywhere from two to 4,000 people watching online. Our church online presence is growing more and more. And let me encourage you, especially those who watch us regularly on Facebook, uh, go over to the app or go over to our website, celebrationchurch.tv, and there's a pastor who interacts with people on that site. We don't do it on the Facebook. Facebook doesn't really uh, help so much for that sort of thing. Uh, if you try to give us prayer requests and stuff on Facebook, it's just going to fly by and no one's going to notice it. Uh, you want someone to pay attention about your concerns as part of our online church, make sure that you jump over to the celebrationchurch.tv uh, site. It's the same thing as Facebook, only without all the crazy going on. So, uh, and there's a lot of that. So, I encourage you to do that. You're able to uh, push the, the give button there. A lot of people give uh, by texting. All you got to do is take your little phones. You can certainly take your phones out if you want right now. And you're going to send a message to this number, 77977. That's the number you're texting to, 77977. And then in the little space, the message is going to be CCWI, which stands for Celebration Church Wisconsin, CCWI, and then the amount that you want to give. And all that will be done automatically. So uh, all that sort of thing. So if you'll continue to do that, and thank you for continuing to be faithful during this time, kind of up and down, a little crazy with all the stuff that's going on. Um, obviously, we are still dealing with this pandemic thing, whatever it is. Uh, so we're respecting distancing. We're not having children's gatherings because you can't get children to socially distance. It's like herding cats and uh, there's just no way you can do it. So uh, a lot of people are coming to church with their children, which is fine. Uh, I don't have a problem with it. They make a little noise here now. I don't have a problem with that. If they get a little psychotic, please take them outside to the foyer and you can still watch on the screens and stuff over there even in our celebration church. So anyway, if they get a little nuts, don't just stand there cluelessly. <laughs> Actually, I remember being in Stephen's Point and I'm preaching and children were coming up, walking on the platform and stuff. And, and the parents were like this, just, hello, get the little rug rat and get out of here and take him in the back. So if they become, uh, you know, crazy, at least it's, you know, not you walking around the stage, that's nice, but uh, take him out and, Try and keep it under control. But don't panic when you hear kids making noise. It's fine. It's the signs of life. Everybody say amen. amen. I, it doesn't freak me out when a kid, you know, cries or, you know, a little noise and stuff like that. They're screaming. Ah! Take them out. Okay. Um, but uh, so anyway, we are continuing to respect that as much. Although people are getting less and less concerned about all of it. About the only good news over the last week with all the other crazy stuff on television, we haven't had 24 hours of pure uh, pandemic coverage, which just feeds into people's fears and paranoia. And thank God, there's less of it because there's not 24 hours of whatever uh, going on. So people are, are less uh, concerned about some of those things. So uh, Wisconsin is in a wonderful place. We are one of the few places in the world right now where there's no laws against being normal. And, and when Wisconsin is establishing normal, that's a little frightening for America. But we're the normal people right now. Uh, thank God for the work that our uh, legislators have done. It. Representative John Mako is here this morning. John, stand up. Wave it to people. Give me a hand. Yes. 
with his lovely wife, Sue. He has been fighting in the trenches and helped to stop all the crazy going on around here. Thank you, Jesus. Anyway, uh, if you disagree with that, please don't send a letter to me. Or John. <laughs> yeah, he says. It's his job. You can send it to him. I don't care. Anyway, uh, <laughs> it's your job too. No, nah, no, nah, I don't listen to all that. So anyway. Um, all right. Let's get into today's message. Second uh, Corinthians, the 13th chapter is where we're going to jump in. Verses 11 through 13. 2 Corinthians, 13th chapter. So Paul writes these words. Finally, brothers and sisters, farewell. So he's wrapping up this letter. This is the second letter. Technically, it's the third letter. So I can't find the third one because nobody can find it. We only know there was another one because in 1 Corinthians, he talks about the previous letter. It got tossed in the trash somewhere in history. I have no idea. No one knows where it is, but for us, this is the second letter. And he's wrapping up his talk with them. And he says, finally, brothers and sisters, farewell. Adios. Hasta la vista, baby. And then he gives us some instructions. Put things in order. Things should be done in order. Listen to my appeal. Uh, agree with one another, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. Apparently, Paul was not aware of pandemics. All right. Uh, this, this, you know, listen, there's been all kinds of horrible things and the plague, black plagues, all kinds of stuff. Uh, part of the Christian culture is we do actually touch each other and we hug each other and we shake each other's hands. Is that you, Pat? I thought you were in Stevens Point. All the people in the point are going, I don't see her anywhere. <laughs> Happy birthday. Yes, I'm glad you're here. God bless you. Anyway, uh, <laughs> um, we, we, uh, we touch each other. It's, it's not good. I, I know right now people are paranoid stuff and people say there's going to be a new normal where people don't touch each other. It's not going to happen. Some, if they don't want to, that's fine. But that's not the human condition. People need to interact with people. Always have, always will. And don't listen to these fear mongers say, oh, we're all never going to, we're all, no one can touch each other anymore. It's not going to happen. And from a scriptural standpoint, we actually are encouraged to greet each other with a holy kiss, I'm assuming on the cheek. And, uh, and look, it's, it's not healthy not to be touched around people. It's really not. Studies have been done with uh, infants in, uh, uh, you know, ICU units and stuff like that. Uh, the ones that are, that are held and touched and stuff heal and recover much more fast, quickly, than those who are not being touched. So they encourage now today. The studies have been done. You need to be touched. Human beings need to be touched. People in... Uh, nursing homes and stuff like that. The ones who are visited and people just didn't hold their hands and touch them fare much better than people. We're not wired not to be touched. Having said that, we're still in this thing. It's still out there. I get it. Uh, if you are self-quarantining like Deanna and I are, not because we're sick, but we're caring for her father. And uh, we just came back from there this morning, drove down. As soon as this, we're driving back up there. He's going into surgery on Tuesday. If you could remember him in your prayers, we would appreciate that. And uh, we'll probably post on Facebook, so kind of remind people. Uh, so for us, don't touch us. All right? I want to hug you all. But uh, especially right now, they've encouraged him. He's really got a lockdown now. Don't touch people because of him going into surgery. Uh, but once all this is passed, I will 
hug you all. Actually, it's amazing. You know, I don't know who's still, I'm, I'm sure people are, I know a lot of people are at home. And if you're not comfortable, it's okay to be home during this. There's no condemnation. Seriously, you're still part of our church. You're worshiping with us. You're supporting the work of God. You join us with prayer and communion and everything else. That's all fine. Seriously. I mean that sincerely. We have no problem with this at all. The truth be told, this pandemic, from a church standpoint, has made my life so much easier. <laughs> it has. I only got to preach once on a Sunday morning. That's nice. All right? We don't have to organize volunteers. That's pretty good. You know? So, from a lazy standpoint, this has been pretty awesome for me. <laughs> but uh, you say, well, you speak against it. Because I just think it's ridiculous. I think it's an extreme thing. Uh, you know, people need to touch each other. People need to connect with one another. And many of this... Anyway, up north this last week, I'm meeting perfect strangers. And they all shake my head. One burly guy, whatever, reaches up. And he walked up to me Oh, Mark, Mark Unger, and he gives me a big hug. I thought, well, apparently he's not worried about anything, you know. And I had to wash my hands before I went back to see the grandfather, you know what I'm saying? But, uh, you know, so anyway, a lot of people are already moving way past this, um, which, which is fine. Thank God. So, uh, by the way, you know, this whole thing is not supposed to be political, right? They say it's not political, but it has been so political. And it is just crazy. You know, no place in America has been more extreme than in Michigan, our next door neighbors here. The governor over there, for my opinion, is cuckoo, 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 all right? And has been very extreme in locking down. If you own your own home, uh, like up north in the cabin stuff, you couldn't even go to your own home. When she said stay at home, she meant stay at home. You know, and just, man, even people on the other side, don't think like me, thinks it was a little absurd. And then when protesters started riling up, well, I believe in protesting, but they're not distancing. And she just, you guys remember this? She just hammered them. Two days ago, whatever, she's in a protest with this other stuff going on. And she's standing shoulder to shoulder with all these people. And they called her and she says, well, we, we used hand sanitizer. <laughs> well, how about we all just use hand sanitizer? Churches still can't gather in Michigan, for heaven's sakes. In all parts of the country today, churches still can't gather. But if you're on the other side of the political spectrum, you can all huddle together in masses and protest. They don't have a problem with that. I'm telling you, this has been the craziest bunch of nut job stuff going on I have ever seen in my lifetime. It makes no sense to me. Anyway, greet one another with a holy kiss. All the saints, which is a general term for believers, uh, Biblically speaking, a saint isn't a special holy person. <laughs> That's more of a Roman Catholic thing, you know. Uh, saints, everybody who's a believer in Jesus is considered a saint in the New Testament. So all the saints to greet you. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. That's our opening scripture. By the way, when he says here, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit. The reason we even went to this verse today is because on the Christian calendar today is known as Trinity Sunday. There's pastors all over the world this morning preaching on this very portion of scripture and then teaching on the Trinity. I'm using the same portion, but I'm not teaching on the Trinity because I was fascinated by the early part, which was agree with one another and live in peace. Agree with one another. Now that's pretty hard to do. It's hard to agree with everybody, 
And even in Paul's case, he has to be referring to general agreement. Like we just said on the Apostles' Creed. We just went through that creed. These are things we all agree on, right? Although you probably wouldn't be here. But even in Paul's case, half of his writings are to people who disagreed with him. Right? Either they disagreed with him or he disagreed with them. And they're arguing and this is how you need to do stuff. So clearly, and he even wrote, mentioned some guys by name. Hey, tell so-and-so and so-and-so to quit fighting all the time and stuff. So Christians, even Christians have been known not to agree. All right? You don't have to agree about everything. But the question this morning, in the context of the world that we're living in, and everybody's fighting about everything, is what do you do when you encounter someone with whom you disagree? Now, in the area of social media, most people tend to respond with hatred against those with whom they disagree. I don't know what it is about Facebook and things like this, but it seems to appeal to the darkest nature of people. I have never seen such insanity in all my life. A bunch of people hiding in their basement in their underwear, sent to the horrible, and you disagree, they go psychotic. I mean, absolutely, have lost their ever-loving minds, and you've all seen this, right? It is, you know, it's crazy. Um, and, of course, you try your best to try and straighten them out. My lovely wife this morning actually gave me some of these scriptures that I'm using today. By the way, last week... I said, she doesn't cook. Oh, she can't cook, is what I said. Afterwards, she says, there's a difference between not cooking and not being able to cook. (laughs) Well, I think that's worse. If you can, you've been holding out, for heaven's sakes. (laughs) He's cooking, I got nothing to worry about. Praise the Lord, hallelujah. Anyway, (laughs) and all the women said, Amen. That's right. If I don't got to do it, I ain't doing jack. All right. So, but uh, she showed me the scripture this morning. Uh, Anyone, this is in uh, Proverbs chapter nine, verse seven through nine. Anyone who rebukes a mocker, some other translations use a fool, but anyone who rebukes a mocker will get an insult in return. Does that sound familiar today? Anyone who corrects the wicked will get hurt. So the Bible says, don't consider correcting mockers. They will only hate you. Correct the wise and they will love you. Instruct the the wise and they will be even wiser. Teach the righteous and they will learn even more. What are the signs of a difference between someone who's truly wise and someone who the Bible calls a fool is how they react when they are given correction. Uh, And some of us are guilty. I've certainly been guilty of this in the past in my own life. Someone corrects me and I (laughs) go all crazy. That puts me in the idiot category, all right? If you have a good heart, someone should be able to correct you and you don't get angry. In fact, you correct, even rebuke, some scriptures say, a righteous person and they will love you for it. Oh, Okay, thanks. Yeah, I hadn't considered that. That's the kind of heart we're all supposed to have, where we don't freak out. Uh, But it is wisdom to those, don't try and fix crazy. Which is most of your families, all right? So, I mean, just... (laughs) So, amen, praise the Lord. You know... Don't, don't, don't go there. Just don't, you know, well, they're crazy. Just enjoy the ride. 
you know, just smile. And you see someone on social media, you can try to, I try to reason people, but then you find out that they're crazy and they just go nuts to try and, I think we've clearly reached the point in America, which is sad, where people cannot be changed or convinced about anything. They just can't. If, I got, if there's someone who's absolutely convinced you can never touch another human being for the rest of your life, you can show them all the studies, and they will not believe you. They just won't. Or vice versa. It, is, it doesn't matter what you come up with. It's, it's not like you can really change anybody's opinion today. Uh, if you find someone who's truly wise in heart, as the Bible is referring to, uh, and they're open to ideas, you know, engage with those kinds of people about whatever you want to engage in. Uh, but just keep in mind today, today we live in a world full of people who are so, their, their opinions are poured in concrete. It just is what it is. And your heart will want to try and change them. I'm just telling you, your chances of changing them is highly unlikely. And all they're going to do is turn around and eat you alive. You know, there's, you know, there's puppies you can pet. There's some, you don't touch those puppies. You know, and they're just, they're going nuts. They're little rabid animals. And just, sadly, there's a lot of rabid animals out there today. And trying to pet them will only get your hand bit. We need to learn to live in peace with people. That's hard to do today. So I'm going to give you some words of advice this morning, hopefully in line with the scripture of encouraging us to agree with people and live in peace and in the love of God. Number one, try not to take disagreement as a personal attack. And that's very difficult to do. Because our opinions are part of us, right? So if you attack my opinion, you are attacking me. Now, all the crazy political stuff and COVID stuff and all this other stuff, that's, you know, we all get that. But a lot of people feel this way about anything in their life. You can't talk about about much of anything because they take it as an attack. You're attacking me. I think this and you're attacking me. And it would be helpful for all of us, myself included, to learn don't take everything so personally. Try to separate your own opinions from yourself, right? I mean, if you attack my garage, I'm not nearly as merely upset as if you're physically attacking me, all right? There's a separation between the thing and me, but everybody today thinks their opinion is them, and it's, it's part of you, I get it, but you try to practice distancing your opinions, whatever they are, seriously. You want to get the hang of this? You want to survive in the 21st century? Learn to distance your opinions from who you are as a human being. All right, these are my opinions. This is me. I love you. My opinion thinks you're an idiot. All right? But try try to separate as best you can. It'll be healthier for you. All right? So don't, don't, don't make it part of you. Number two, don't carry the belief that disagreement demands separation. Now, I separate from mean people. We all should separate from really mean, harsh people, these people that are trying to rip your head off. I separate from people who do physical or emotional harm. Uh, I separate from people all the time on my Facebook who are really nasty. And I just, there's where I practice social distancing. It's called delete. And I just get rid of them and I block them and then they get really mad. And they come on as another name and say, how dare you delete me? And then I go, delete. And I get rid of them again. And uh, because they're mean. They're just mean as well. You know, and some people get mad at me and they quit following me. And this rattles my lovely wife, who's very peaceful. Oh, 20 people quit following you. I know. That leaves me only with, what is it this morning? 279,893 people. So I think I'll be okay. 
with, with the 20 who aren't following me anymore. And quite frankly, I don't care. And, and listen, I don't live in any delusions. You think I do, but I'm not nearly as delusional as I come across. There's no way eight, two, 300,000 people love everything I say. There's just no way. Okay? I know the reason why so many people follow me is because I post funny things all the time. And I go, oh, it's funny. I'll follow that guy. And then I'll give an opinion at some point, and they fall apart. Well, they're, they're, they're not my friends. They're just not my friends. They, we, Facebook used to call them friends. They're, they're not friends. Uh, it's just, it, it is what it is. Or there's people who are, you'll see them all. If you ever follow my Facebook, you'll see somebody coming on using all kinds of filthy language. And then I delete those people. Where they come from. These are the kind of people. Not everybody's following me as a devout Christian. Just me posting something from a religious standpoint sets people off. I don't get freaked out about it. I understand. Now, if I just wanted to be a funny guy with no opinions and not try to convince anybody of anything, I'd probably have maybe twice the number. But that's not what I want to do. There's all kinds of funny sites you can go to if you want. I post funny things only to support my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, and but yet I'll share biblical things. And I'll share different things that I think are important to me and stuff, which means I have less people, although it's still a chunk. I just, there's no way those are all devoted people to me. I get it. Um, so I separate from mean people. I separate from people who do physical or emotional harm, and you should do the same. But I, I try not to separate from people simply based on disagreements. Because if you do that, you're going to wind up very lonely in life. There's people that do this all the time. They do this with their own family. They have no friends. Even their own family doesn't want anything to do with them because they're just mean as rattlesnakes. And you're going to live a very lonely life and die early uh, in a miserable condition if you just isolate everybody. You can't, don't expect everybody to agree with you. They just, it's just not possible. There's too many shades in all of these things. Don't leave your church over a disagreement. Um, now, a good example is, is my brother, Ed, Bishop Ed. And by the way, for those of you who don't understand the whole bishop thing that we've done over the last year or so, uh, we associate now with, it's called the Diocese of St. Anthony. Uh, why do we do that? It, first of all, in doing so, we've lost no autonomy. It's just the people that we hang with. It's the, and my brother is the presiding bishop over this diocese. It's a very small diocese. It's connected to uh, the CEEC, which stands for the Charismatic Evangelical Episcopal Churches. Uh, it's a bigger group, but even still relatively small. It's very ecumenical. These are the people who think like us in that we're trying to blend. These are what are called convergent churches, where we blend the charismatic and the uh, uh, evangelical emphasis on the scriptures and uh, the elements of liturgy that we bring in very light. It's, you know, there's no way we're some heavy liturgical church. So this is the group that we hang with. It's, this is who we associate with. It, it doesn't mean anything. In the Catholic, and a lot of you are ex-Catholics, I get this. In the Catholic church, the bishop not only has spiritual oversight, but he really has the final say on everything that goes on. That's not what happens here. Uh, the only one who has final say, the only one who has final say here is me. Better or worse, that's it. Okay. Um, so, and my brother often says that all the time. He, he, he's involved in spiritual oversight. He's very wise. He really gets a lot of things. He's been a huge blessing and help to this congregation and has been really, he really has. And to be honest with you, he's the one who's been responsible for straightening out our financial condition. One that was totally upside down and he straightened it right side up because he came and he wasn't connected to anything. 
get rid of this, do that, cut that, side out. okay, you know, and all of a sudden, we're a lot healthier today, okay, because he's used to dealing with all these different churches, it's easier sometimes when you step back, so that's, that's the bishop that we have, and that's the group we associate with, it does, we've had many groups try to associate with us, but uh, either, you know, they're not like us, or, or we do something that's offensive to them, <laughs> And, and we're all, because people, when they run into independent churches, they try to get us into your group. We were with a group of Assemblies of God pastors in Minnesota not too long ago. Great guys. They said, man, what are you guys doing with us? Why? And they're pulling all these main guys. And, and I said, sure, yeah, uh, we serve at wine and communion. Oh, okay, we can't have that. You know, and I was just, so, yeah, we self-eliminate people, you know, just because they're so anal about some things. So this is the only group of people that I have found in America who actually thinks like us. And that's why, and it's a great fellowship, and we benefit together. And there's all kinds. There's some that are more charismatic than they are the other two, some that are more evangelical than the other two, some that are more liturgical. There's some in this group who you go to it, and it's a flat-out, you know, priest incense. Not Roman Catholic, but more Episcopal, Anglican Catholic kind of thing, which is like a very liturgical version of a Protestant. Uh, And so it's all over the map, but they try to incorporate things, and what makes each church different is how they do the blend of the three. All of that to say, my wonderful brother, my little brother, who looks older than me because he's a lot uglier than I am. Uh, it's a condition he's had all his life. All right? Um, we work together and stuff, but we don't agree about all kinds of things. If you listen to our conversations, most of it's disagreement. We just disagree all the time. Anything. And in politics, we were debating some pol- political thing yesterday, you know? And I get, on the political spectrum, I'm much more on the right. My brother Eddie is way off on the left. He doesn't think he is. <laughs> yesterday he says to me, no, no, I'm a centrist. I said, Eddie, you saying you're a centrist is like the Pope saying I'm not a Catholic. All right? So, you know, for those of you who are more left than Give Eddie a hug, man. He's your guy, all right? Well, how does that work? How does that work? Because that's not about that here. I've been saying to this to you for 20 years. We don't care what your political stripe is. Left, right, up, down. In. When we come here, it's all about Jesus. God loves Democrats. It's hard for me to understand, but he does. <laughs> My mother-in-law, I hope she's watching. I was talking about my mother-in-law. She's, she loved Eddie. You got to meet Eddie, Don. You guys are like soulmates, all right? Uh, and she's always watching the church. She worships with us. And stuff. We don't care. We just disagree politically. So what? You don't have to separate from everybody that you disagree with. That's my point, okay? And in this church, this church is not trying to be the kind of church where everybody has to agree about everything. I, I can't even imagine trying to do that. I can't even get my wife to agree with me about everything, for heaven's sakes. You need to work on that. Lots of luck with that. She goes, you know, you really shouldn't do that. Leave me alone, woman. So anyway, so number one, don't take everything. Try to separate it from who you are. Don't, everything has to be a personal attack on your opinions. Don't think that because you disagree, you have to separate from people. Or you're going to wind up very lonely. And then number three, Practice being kind to people with whom you disagree. Practice it. It takes a while to get things when you practice. When you're first learning to play the piano or something else, 
Most of it sounds rather horrific. So I make a lot of mistakes. Yeah, it's called practicing. A lot of people get upset because they make mistakes in life. God doesn't freak out when he sees that. He doesn't go, oh, myself, okay? He just, you're practicing. He gets it. You're practicing. We're practicing. You're, if you can't get along with your wife, welcome to the practice club. We're, we're trying to figure this out. The good news is you can eventually get your marriage worked out. The bad news is then you die because it took 75 years. But it, it, <laughs> you can do it. It's just practicing practice. Really say, you know, I'm going to try and be nice to someone who I just think is a complete moron today. And at the end of the day, you go, you know, I didn't quite make it. And that's okay. <laughs> but practice, practice. That's what our goal is. Strive for unity, which is what Paul was talking about. Let's try to love people. You do that by practicing. And if you practice enough, eventually you can play. I'm out of time where I sit down and play something for you. But anyway, I got to move on. I said, but what if somebody that we disagree with us really makes us angry? Ephesians, the fourth chapter, verse 26. Paul says this to Christians. Be angry. What? We can be angry? I thought we weren't supposed to be angry. He's, oh no, by all means, get angry. Why? Sometimes anger is good for people. So anger wakes you up out of your insanity and stuff. Some, some of y'all need to get mad about your situation in life, quite frankly. Some of y'all, you need to get sick and tired of being sick and tired all the time. You need to change. Sometimes anger is what pushes us to change. You can be angry and change. There's people who are legitimately angry pushing for change in our country. I got no problem with that. When you're killing people and stuff, I got a bit of a problem with that. You know, it's okay to be angry. Just don't sin when you do it, he says. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. Which is why I prefer to get angry at night. Gives me all day to work it off. All right? Bible joke. All right. Anger can be a positive force in your life. Get mad and fight to improve things in your life. Don't just get mad and give up. Some of you in your marriages, you need to get mad. I'm serious. Some of y'all, I love y'all, but some of your marriages just suck. And the only reason I don't know it is because you're too afraid to let me know. And you don't have to worry about that. I'm not going to freak out. It, that's normal. Some of you need to get mad. Like, I don't, this is crazy. We, we're not doing this like this. And we need to fix it. And then you, it motivates you to change things. Just don't sin when you do it. Again, there's people who are angry right now all over the country. Just don't get mean about it. People say, well, Pastor, what's, what's your status on the, all the political stuff? People keep asking, what's my political? We don't. Our statuses don't kill people. I don't know. It's, I know it's complicated. I don't care if you're a cop. Don't kill somebody. All right? If you're a protester, don't kill anybody. Jesus said, talking about Satan, he said the thief who's Satan uh, did not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So anything in the steal, kill, and destroy part, we consider satanic. We're against stealing, killing, and destroying. Straight up. All right? That is not a political statement. That is a religious statement. We don't think people should steal, kill, and destroy. Oh, I'm justified in steal, killing, and destroying. No, you're not. Okay, but you can get angry, and you can do whatever to get your voices heard. And again, I think anger is a positive thing. Believe it or not, don't freak out because people are mad. Just we shouldn't be killing, stealing, and destroying. My lovely wife also gave me this verse this morning. Uh, Proverbs 14, 29. I don't know if she's preaching at me. People, 
with understanding, control their what? Anger. All right? A hot temper shows great foolishness. People with understanding, control your anger. You can get mad. And again, a lot of anger is a good thing. You get tired of the situation in life. It's what makes a lot of people improve. There's a lot of people, their lives are just awful and they don't do anything about it all their lives, their entire lives. They're stuck in a job they hate their entire lives. They never do anything. Their marriage is horrible. They never do anything. And they just get comfortable with being miserable all their life. And I say nay unto thee, nay, you shouldn't do that. And at some point you need to get mad, but don't get uh, sinful and destructive about it. So anyway, that's my short little message. And I went a little long. Uh, He says what? Listen to my appeal. Agree with one another. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. So try not to take disagreement personally. Separate your opinions from who you are. Don't think because you agree, you have to stay away from people that you disagree with. And number three, actually try practicing being kind to people with whom you disagree with. All right? Even in the church, we don't have to agree about everything. If the pastor says something, say, well, I disagree with that. Okay. Well, I don't want my kids to think like that. Well, then just tell your kids. Pastor says A, we think B, so do B. Your kid will go, oh, good. You know, it's, it's not a big thing. We don't have to come unglued with all that. All right, let's wrap this up. Let's go into our time of communion this morning. As uh, those of you at home can grab your elements for the communion, whatever you're using is bread and wine. Uh, those of you here are using those little peely way thing, cup things. And, uh, and you'll have to peel. So <laughs> when we do the, you have to do it right now, but it's in two layers. When we go for the bread, you got to peel just that little top layer to get the wafer. And then you got to peel the next layer to get to the, whatever that is for wine. All right. Uh, So that's what we're going to do. So everybody at home, get ready to do all of that. Uh, The Bible tells us as often as you drink this bread, uh, drink this bread. (laughs) If you have a blender, you can do that, I guess. (laughs) You eat the bread and drink the cup. You proclaim the Lord's death until he come. And then he warns whoever eats and drinks, uh, the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be answerable for the body and the blood of Christ, the blood of the Lord. Examine yourselves. That's his point. And then only do this. Examine yourself. So maybe you've been practicing this week. You say, Pastor, I've made mistakes this week. You're practicing. Relax. That's what forgiveness is for. And before we do this, I'm going to pray a general prayer for forgiveness. No matter what you've been doing this week, whatever you've been struggling with, Let's kind of all reset. Let's bow our heads as I pray a prayer of forgiveness this morning. Heavenly Father, before we partake of the bread and the cup this morning, in obedience to the scriptures, we pause to examine ourselves. If we have sinned against you in thought, word, or deed, by what we've done, by what we've left undone, if we have not loved you with our whole heart, if we've not loved our neighbors as ourselves, for the sake of your beloved Son, Jesus Christ, who gave himself as a sacrifice for our sins, have mercy on us. And forgive us of all our sins. Strengthen us in all goodness. And by the power of your Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. That we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. And while your heads are bowed, so maybe this morning, this is the first time you've ever really been in a church like this. Or been watching online and stuff. You say, you know, I've never done that. I've never really asked Jesus in my life. Why don't you do that right now? Just in your own words. Ask Jesus to come into your heart, into your life. Ask him to forgive you of your sins. And you can start your walk on this glorious thing of faith that we are celebrating today.